Welcome to the Hire Yourself Podcast. My name is Pete Phillen. I'm here with my business partner, Nat Truitt. We're all about helping people become better business people or just become business people. Good morning, Sean. Hey, Pete. Sean, where is Natty? He's uh, gone again. Yeah, he's uh, he must be on a really nice vacation. Uh, something. I, I need a vacation. You know, I'm really, I'm tired. Tired Aren't and we sore. All? What are you, how, why are you tired and sore, Pete? Well, you know what? I don't know if you know this, but in addition to being a franchise consultant, helping all these great executives find franchises, I'm also a professional mover now. Yes. Are your kids coming home from college? My kids, my kids, I'm having to move four of my kids uh, in and out of apartments and places and stuff like that. And, you know, I was thinking, ah, this is, this is a lot of work. Why can't we just hire somebody? But I guess it's, I'm showing my love by helping them move. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking I should, we should write a check for this. But, you know, bottom line is I'm not used to carrying, lugging these boxes and couches and all this other crap. And so I thought, Cal, what I really need is a trainer. I need a trainer. And, and that is a great setup for today because we have an industry expert in fitness and specifically personal training. And so I'm super excited to introduce Rick Mayo, the founder and CEO of Alloy. Welcome, Rick. Thank you, Pete. And you're right. You do need a trainer. We can help you move more furniture in a weekend than any other brand. And I don't yeah. know if that's a desirable trait, but hey, <laughs> it comes in handy when you've got college-age kids, right? Well, you're not kidding, boy. I didn't realize that this was part of the gig. I'm writing checks, and I'm thinking, oh, that, why am I doing this manual labor? But I'm I'm driving those transit vans filled up with stuff, and like, uh, this has got to be a better way. But anyways... <laughs> So I'm super excited. I know we waited a long time to be able to get you on here today. So, so excited to just get to know you a little bit and learn more about Alloy. So first question I got for you is, I know you've been in fitness for over 30 years. You must have started when you were 10, but how'd you get started in fitness? It was a lot, you know, like a lot of people, I think, you know, as a uh, someone that played sports, you know, you, you had to do some type of conditioning or, you know, exercise to get ready for sports. And then you find out that maybe you're not cut out for the NFL like you thought you were. Shocker. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, I enjoyed the training side of it. And so, you know, uh, before personal training was even really an industry, I was being paid to just help other people sure. learn to exercise. Um, and that was when I was in college. So then we thought, well, wouldn't it be a novel idea instead of bouncing around to people's homes and different health clubs. If we put four walls and a customer experience around this high end surface of personal training, and that was the birth in 1992 of the, what I would consider to be certainly in the Atlanta area where we're located, the very first, you know, studio dedicated to the service of personal training and nothing else. Okay. So you kind of got started in fitness from a passion. It sounds like you just, and, yes. and that's great. So I know you've done multiple things. You've helped other fitness concepts kind of develop their model. Tell me, tell me a little bit. I know, cause that that's pretty cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. We, at one point we had figured out how to scale personal training. It's a, it's inherently expensive service. Um, and you know, most people think of personal training as one coach and one client, and that's very expensive. So what we soon figured out was, listen, if we want to scale this, which for the purposes of helping more people, and by the way, it also creates a much more compelling business model, um, we've got to figure out a different way to do it. So we figured out how to train more than one person at one time, right, with one coach, and still keep the brand promise of personal training. In doing so, we landed on this really unique business model that made us one of the highest revenue per square foot facilities in the country. That put me on the radar for speaking and consulting and then people wanted to buy parts and pieces of what we do. Our sales system, can you write our workouts? You know, all the parts and pieces. And eventually we thought, you know, it'd be better if we just wrap this up, put it onto an online platform 
And that was what we called licensing. Now, that can be confusing a little bit because it's an interchangeable term with franchising. But just think about something white label that's powering other brands. Now, we did that to the tune, Pete, of 2,500 clubs worldwide, everywhere from India and Cyprus and Dubai, Tasmania, and all the other crazy places I can think to name. Obviously, a lot in the U.S., Australia, UK, those kind of places as well. But um, that's how we we got to the decision to go to franchising was through 15 years and 2,500 clubs licensed in a white-labeled version of what we do. Okay. So you you pivoted from licensing to franchising. All right. So... So as you think about franchising, and you're franchising in an industry that there's a lot of competition. I mean, you, you think, I mean, there's a lot of fitness out there. So let's get into what Alloy is all about or what makes Alloy special. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So first, what's the first thing you think of when you think about Alloy and being special or separating yourself from the competition? Well, I think, first of all, it is personal training and most, and and listen, there's different categories of fitness. Like you said, there's a, like fitness is a lot like food. I've just found that there's a million versions of fitness in franchise. Um, Some are on what we call the general fitness franchise. So I sat on the board as an example for any time fitness for five years, they have 5,000 locations worldwide, an amazing organization actually gave us a nice cheat sheet to peek under the covers at how to deploy and operationalize coaching services in a franchise structure. So it was amazing opportunity. But when we look at, um, you know, those categories, there's then there's boutique fitness. And I know that's a familiar term for you, but think about going to a fitness facility that just does one thing like yoga or Pilates or what, what have you. And that's the category that we're in. Now, in the boutique fitness space, there's a lot of class-based concepts. And when I say class-based, thinks of 15 to 20 people getting sweaty. On the other end of the spectrum, there's some one-on-one training concepts, which is, you know, again, one coach, one client relatively expensive. It's okay, but it's not very scalable. We ran that model for 10 years, you know, when we first opened. Um, and then we sort of sit in this sweet spot right in the middle. So we train six clients with one coach, which brings the price down of personal training. We sure. have the technology to still meet that brand promise, but we get some of the group dynamics and the social dynamics of, you know, what we call class-based, you know, concepts. So we sit in this little bit of a sweet spot and our customer avatar is definitely underserved in the fitness space. So because of the price threshold, 45 to 65 is our sweet spot for customer base. You know, our average spend per member is around $300. So it's not inexpensive when it's compared to either a general membership or class-based concept. But uh, yeah, I mean, being able to scale over personal training. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's very cool. So I know personal training is expensive, right? So you could pay 75, 100 bucks, you know, per session. So that gets pretty expensive. So you now offer a proposition where I can come in and I can do personal training session. So it's not a class, it's a session uh, where there's five other people with me and you guys take us through a workout together. Now, what if I'm a little different? Like I've got a bad back because I've been moving too many kids. How do you help um, personalize it when you're doing a group training session? Yeah. So imagine a program that's based on good science. And I mean, the programming we have, tip of the spear strength conditioning used in professional athletics. Now, does everybody want to hear that on the other end of the spectrum? Probably not, but it's kind of good to know that it's the most scientific programming. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we've got our clientele. And if you've lived to be 45 to 65, you have a few chinks in your armor. And by that, I mean a couple of injuries. Like you said, your back sore from moving all weekend, whatever that is. So what we have is technology. And it's really simple. You walk in the gym, we have a proprietary app 
as a coach, it populates based on my schedule. And here's six tiles on my iPad. It says, here's Pete. Here's his level of fitness. Here's his do's, which are your goals. And here's his don'ts, which are your injuries. And then we have algorithms already built out, if this, then that, that lead you to the right version of a great scientifically backed program. So we handle it with technology. Wow, that's very cool. And so you have sessions where I, now it's affordable for me and I get a little bit of socializing. You can leverage state-of-the-art workouts to get me in the right place, what I need. And how do you track my progress? So how do how do I know I'm I'm successfully getting better? Yeah, so we have tools. Now, many of them are baked into the app, but we've got tools like body composition. So what is your body made of? Water, muscle, bone? body fat, you know, obviously we'd have to have a little bit less fat, a little more muscle is what you see most people are shooting for. I could so use we a have little bit a very, more of that. <laughs> right, everyone. So we have a very scientific measure for that. We actually, Pete, have a tangible way to measure movement with a scoring system. It's uh, something created by two high-level physical therapists, again, used in professional sports, and it's a predictor of injury. And so that's sort of, you know, our brand promise is looking good, feeling great, living life to the fullest. And that feeling great part has a lot to do with how you move. So we have a tangible score even for movement. And then obviously it's a body fat, but then there's strength and everything else. And we track all of that through our app. The same app that I mentioned before is where all of that lives. It's not only facing the coaches or the trainers, it's also client facing. So you can track all types of different metrics in your life from how you move to your body fat, to your strength, to your steps every day, to your nutrition, all that stuff is baked into the app. Well, it sounds like an exceptional technology, and because I want to know how I'm progressing, and and certainly yes. be pushed, and so I need a lot, a lot, you know. So I don't want to take that body composition <laughs> thing just quite yet. Got a little bit of work to do first. All right, so I get this now. This is I can become a member, right? And I can come to sessions, and there are basically six people total. And I, if I understand this correctly, it's a little bit more of a community. It's it's like a family. You, you're, they're not just members; they're part of a family because you limit the number of people that can that can come to uh, Alloy location. Is that right? That's correct. So a healthy model is 130 members. So if you think about that, there's a number out there that we often use. It's a British scientist. His name is Dunbar. I think it's Robin Dunbar. And there's a number that's often called Dunbar's number or the rule of 150, which means 150 people is what they've discovered is about the limit of people you can have intimate relationships with outside of close friends and family. So if you think about an environment where you walk in and I'm like, Pete, I already know, say I'm your coach, right? And I've got all your profile on my little tile on the iPad. I'm like, Pete, how was your weekend? Didn't you go and move, you know, uh, your son back from college, right? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, well, how's your back feeling today? You're like, yeah, it's not great. Like, we're going to have to, like, take it easy, right? I can accommodate that, right? But I also know you by name. I know your kid's name. You know me. You know my kid's name. My, you know, my spouse's name. And so it's the type of environment that builds that tight-knit community solely based on a small number of individuals. So when they're paying a higher threshold in revenue, you'll find that the, uh, you know, the AUVs are essentially, you know, what you're making per club ends up in about the same spot as you would with five to 700 members in a, in a much less expensive class-based model. Yeah, sure. And does this then lead to better customer satisfaction, meaning, or in the industry term, I guess you would say is retention. I mean, because I, I, you know, I get, I get tied into this family. I, I stick around longer than say, if I join another fitness concept. 100%. So it's it's our claims in our FDD, 97% month over month retention. 
The average in the industry for class-based concepts is around 82. And so that's a massive difference. And so you could imagine, Pete, if you're sitting on a 130-member model and you're only churning out 3% a month on average, that's like three and a half people, four people a month. So your marketing dollars, once you're open and stabilized, are much less. And you really get to be in the fitness business. You know, a lot of fitness businesses... You know, they have a high churn. So you're you're selling 50 to net grow by 10 because you're losing 40 at the same time. So you're on a bit of a revolving door. We we hold on to people forever. I mean, here in our corporate facility, we've been open 30 years. I you know, shoot, I sit right next to it. There's a piece of glass between me and the gym, and I can look over and, and look at people that have been here the entire 30 years. Oh, so wow. it's a it's a very interesting model in that regard, but it's also really nice just to be able to build a community and they're gonna stick around. Yeah, that's got a great waiting list then. I, I probably have it to does. fight to it's, get in. It is. And now we've owned a bunch of different fitness concepts over time. This is the only concept that we've owned that we've owned for a long period of time that where we've had a legitimate waiting list, which is a super interesting place to be. We have clubs in pre-sale that are already creating waiting lists because they're like, well, we're full. We'll go ahead and collect your information, but we have to build the schedule based on first come first serve. And so we'll let you know if we have a spot or not. So it's a really cool place to be. People got to be fighting to get into the family, right? That just sounds so <laughs> well, cool. Well, it's, it's strange psychologically. You get it. Like scarcity is a legitimate lever yeah, for right. marketing, you know, and well, we're doing it with integrity. We're not just saying, hey, we're looking for 10 people in our community. It's like we literally only have 130 spots. And so yeah. if we're going to sell this thing out in eight weeks during a presale. You better get started. And those are the kind of conversations we're having with uh, potential members. And it seems to be really effective. Wow. It's I, I bring one here. I I'm, I'm ready to sign yes. up. So I definitely <laughs> need it. All right. So how many franchises do you have open now? How many locations open? Uh, 10 open, um, okay. 52 sold. Okay. Um, we'll have 20, 21 open by year's end. Okay. Um, and of course we're going to sell more, but if we sold no sure. more, we would have 50, we'd have all of those open yeah. by the following year. Oh, so. that's exciting. All right. Great growth. Here's a great question for you. What are you looking for in franchise partners? So as you as you look for future franchise partners, what what characteristics are you looking for in future franchise partners? Yeah, you know, it sounds like an empty claim, but really good leadership. And here's the here's a theory that we cling strongly to. Um, you have to be the person that you're looking for is looking for. Meaning, if I am the investor and I'm going to go out and, and find an operator for my businesses or an operating partner, even for you know several locations. If I'm not the right type of leader that can attract those type of people to me, I'm going to have a, a tougher time finding that talent. Now, listen, we give you all the bandwidth in the world. It's like we've written the scripts for the advertisement that goes out. We have a vendor that just does talent acquisition in the fitness space. We have screening processes built with the specific positions of alloy that help you through the hiring process to eliminate the people that just aren't hardwired to do it. All that being said, though, we are looking for people that have some leadership skill. So maybe some background, they've managed people before, they've hired people, they they are not afraid of having, you know, hard conversations if they're needed. And they just understand the psychology of leading other people, right? Um, that's really it. If they can do that, if they're the person they're looking for is looking for, so to speak, um, then they make really good candidates for us. Do they have to be a fitness expert? They do not. You know, as long as they're on the journey, I think you have to recognize the value of what fitness does. I mean, you know, you're joking. I know you're poor mouthing your fitness by saying, you know, you moved and you're back with fat and you want an alloy in the neighborhood. But I think, you know, no one that comes to the franchise is, is standing there with a raging six pack. That's not what it's about, especially to our 45 to 65 avatar. 
They're really yeah. just looking to help their community be healthier. They recognize that there's value in that. They want to make money, obviously. They want a good return on investment. But they also want to do good in their community. And that's very important to, to do that to them. And they can actually do both. So if you think fitness is important, which I don't know anyone these days who doesn't think yeah. being more fit is, is going to help, um, then, then that's what we're looking for. So good leadership. And you recognize the fact that fitness is important, but you don't have to be a fitness rock star. Okay. So it is about making an impact in your community, which is that's hundred percent. Right. Yep. And a lot of times when we're corporate executives, we're flying around different parts and we don't really get to make an impact in the community. So when we have the ability to have a business where we can actually be engaged in the community and make an impact, that's huge. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And we always finish our um sort of confirmation days with the story from an Australian hospice nurse. Her name was Bronnie Ware, and she wrote a book called Five Wishes of the Dying. So for 30 years, she spent the final weeks of, of people's lives with them. So you imagine how many that was in 30 yeah. years. And she had compiled these five most common responses. And the number one response was super interesting, maybe a little sad, was that I wished I had the courage to live the life that I wanted instead of the life that other people expected of me. So when we get great candidates in from someone like you, Pete, and they sit down, it's like they, they're gainfully employed and they don't necessarily, it's not that they necessarily don't love what they're doing, but they don't, they don't maybe have a passion for it like they would fitness. So when they see something like fitness where they can, I could put my head on the pillow at night and understand exactly how I'm impacting my small community, my small corner of the world, right? That's very powerful for people. And I mean, it's all I've ever done. So uh, the franchising for me is such an amazing vehicle to give other people the opportunity to yeah. feel what I've felt for the last 30 years. That's, that's yeah. how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you're making a huge impact yourself. So Thank you. what characteristics, we'll kind of take a broader approach. What characteristics mm-hmm. do you think somebody has to be, or what, what characteristics should somebody have if they're going to be a business person? What, what, what would be important? I would say resilience, uh, mental toughness. I think it's one of the questions we ask, like, are you tough? Um, I think, you know, there's a saying that, that we cling to, the hardest thing you've ever been through is the hardest thing you've ever been through. So if you have worked as an example, you're coming out of, of corporate and you've worked as an executive, um, you know, maybe when you send an email out, you're used to like running it by marketing and then it goes through compliance and then it goes here and then it goes out. Well, when, you, <laughs> when you're a small business owner, you are marketing and compliance and all other things. So <laughs> I think the resilience to understand that like it's, it kind of stops and ends with you, right. And your decisions and the way that you wake up every morning and approach the world. And I think that takes a little bit of backbone. Some people need to grow into that entrepreneurial role, but I think that's sort of what we coach people to is like, listen, you know, you can do this, but it's not for wimps, but it's the emotional return on investment is going to be as great as the financial return on investment, but you have to, you know, you've got to grow, right? I've heard entrepreneurship described as it's a personal growth journey disguised as a business. And I think that's something that we don't talk about a lot is what, what will it do for them emotionally if they can learn to become an entrepreneur, live or die by their decisions. And of course, as you know, Pete, better than anyone, franchising is a massive shortcut to get there. It mitigates a lot yep. of the risk, gives you a blueprint. For, if you just follow that blueprint, you're still going to have to have a little bit of gumption, right? And a little yeah. bit of, of toughness, if you will. But if you have that quality, you've got all the steps all perfectly lined up for you to walk that journey. Okay. And if you are talking to somebody that's thinking about franchising, investing in a franchise, right? What advice would you give them? I would say make sure that the partners, I mean, at the end of the day, we consider it a fractionalized partnership. So make sure that core values align, 
that you want to be in that space, that you feel like it's something that you're proud to be in. And that the other, the, the franchise partners that you're looking at align with you and your personal values and your goals. And I think that's really important because as you know, it's this dance between, you know, us coaching you, you following us. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of a dance there. And I think it, it just is much easier if in fact you're well aligned with your franchise partners. Yeah. It's a long-term relationship. Right. And it, it is. And, you know, you got to make sure you got the right one for sure. All right. Um, we'll get even more personal here. So what is the best advice somebody's ever given you? Well, that's a good one. I would say I'm a big fan of the Stoics. And I would say the best advice is probably not been given to me. It probably has in different iterations, but, you know, control what you can let go of what you can't. That's oh, I like it. it. I mean, I like it's, it. It's it's. It's like the theory of one more, right? Like just just one more step forward. Well, I'm not really sure. Well, just take that one more step, yeah. right? One more day, whatever those things are. I think if you can just keep those things in control, keep your head down, keep moving forward, you're going to be all right. Okay, got it. All right. And then um, favorite book? You have a favorite book you want to share with us? Uh, yeah, I have a couple. I love The E-Myth Revisited because it really speaks to the soft side of systems. I think when people hear systems and following directions and sort of franchising is heavy and yeah. litigious and, you know, it's a system oriented, but there's beauty in that, right? There's beauty in cooking the same hamburger in Atlanta that I can get in Shanghai, China on the same day. So, you know, it, it, that's it. So I love the E-Myth Revisited and I like um, The Road Less Stupid. <laughs> what, what is the second one? What's the Road Less Stupid. The Road Great Less Stupid. Book. All right. Great book. Good I'll daily reader. Yeah. Yeah. You'll All like right. that one. Perfect. All right. And um, let's see here. What else? Um, any any thought leaders you follow? Yeah, I do. I have a, a good buddy in the industry. He's surprisingly, he's only 30 years old. So his name's Alex Hermosi. He was in the fitness space, which is how I got to know him. But he, uh, you know, he exited his business at 30 years old for, I think he only exited two thirds of it for you know, 50 some million. So just a brilliant guy. And I just appreciate, I like his youthful energy and I appreciate the way he thinks. So him, I really like Simon Sinek because he yeah. can sort of articulate the soft side of things. You know, the whole concept of the infinite game and just staying in the business, right, is yeah. really is interesting. And uh, I have to say, you know, I'm kind of sucker for Elon Musk. And the reason is I like his work ethic. I like, I think the day he became the wealthiest man in the world, he posted the article on Twitter with that headline. And he said, well, isn't that interesting? Dot, dot, dot. Now back to work, right? It's yeah. sort of like. That's a guy who likes the journey. That's the yeah. infinite game. It's just yeah. to do good work. And then if that results in you being the wealthiest man in the world, so be it. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Is I mean, I've heard stories where he sleeps on the floor of his office and the work. <laughs> yeah, and maybe the fact not that. that but. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, but I think that's, it is all about working hard. And, and he just, he takes things that are impossible to do and he makes it possible. Right. And, yeah. and, and just that belief, right. The, uh, and the getting up, it's it's like the love of the process, not the outcome. Because yeah. the outcome might be wealthiest man in the world. It may not, but dot, 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 back to work because he loves the process. Well, thank you so much today. I, I'm really impressed with Alloy. I, you know, and I, I'm sincere when I say bring one here because I, I need it. It sounds like it's just a, a community where I can go get better uh, physically and make some new friends in, in a way in which I want to keep coming back. Well, thank you very much. Listen, likewise, thank you for all you do for our industry and for all the people that you help walk that same journey that I talked about from corporate executive to realizing their entrepreneurial dreams. That is something. So thank you for that. And I promise you, if we open one in your area, I will make you client number one. 
Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Rick. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.